Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. What I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We have made it to the end of the week and of course Saturday afternoon, the big IU-Purdue rivalry game, a 4 p.m. tip-off. Boy, the weather, the temperature dropping and I saw that the IU students who uh, have the opportunity to line up, oh, what is it, five or six hours before the game on some of these big ones uh, are going to get the ability to line up inside at another IU athletics facility to kind of help the weather situation so good for them but everybody is gearing up and everywhere I go I stopped by the New Albany Jennings County game for a bit last night everybody wants to talk about IU Purdue and can the Hoosiers get it done and can the Hoosiers as Mike Woodson said yesterday come into the game with uh, defense and make it a signature defensive game that's what he thinks it'll take to get the victory over the unanimous number one right now, Purdue Boilermakers. So a big one coming up. Uh, obviously, anybody that's ever been to a Indiana-Purdue game knows how special it is. Anybody who's ever been uh, on either campus for an extended period of time gets the rivalry that exists between the two schools. It dates back for so many years. But it just has a different feeling to me this year with Purdue number one and threatening to maybe have their best uh, finish ever in the NCAA tournament. And, of course, Indiana with this rejuvenated start here that began in mid-January or so, winning five out of the last six games. And for the most part, other than a few exceptions, maybe at Minnesota at times, and then some bad performances, I thought Jalen hood Shafino specifically uh, at Maryland, this Indiana team's look good. So uh, it's two teams generally playing well, two teams generally that have solid guard play, two teams that generally have good interior play, two teams that both have studs in Edie and Trace Jackson Davis, and uh, two, two good coaches, I think. I, I think Matt Painter is proven at the college game. Um, I've been a fan of Matt Painter, to be quite honest. I respect everything that he's done at Purdue, and uh, he has really got that program in a great spot. Mike Woodson, a basketball lifer through and through, still making his way at the college game, but I think this year things have, have looked pretty good. And so uh, excited for Saturday, and I know that a lot of you guys listening are as well. On top of that, we've got girls' sectionals, which are moving through the sectional tournaments here across the area. We're headed to Friday night semifinals tonight, and then on Saturday, uh, sectional championship games with some boys' games in the afternoon. So just a huge weekend of hoops the way it should be. We're in February. We're headed to tournaments. We're headed to March Madness. We're headed to conference tournaments. There's a lot of reasons to be excited about basketball this time of year and uh, going to be a big weekend. So we'll get you set for everything today 
here on the program. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment, our daily headlines, a look at some things Mike Woodson had to say yesterday. He was pretty lively in his uh, presser yesterday. I didn't have a chance to watch it before we came on the air, but he had some good stories, uh, some good lines, and we'll tell you some of the things that he had to say. Also, uh, a fight last night at a high school boys basketball game at South Bend, Washington. And so we'll mention that coming up as well. There have been, unfortunately, some crazy instances here recently with high school basketball. The the JV girl uh, women's coach uh, playing in a JV game uh, as one of her players, which is just unbelievable. Uh, in Cincinnati, some fans, some games played or a game played with no fans. And now last night, up in South Bend to fight. You just hope that stuff stays out of this area. Uh, you really do. Uh, but we'll cover that here in just a moment. Also, later in the show, we'll be joined by Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Uh, he is with us uh, on Fridays always as we talk IU basketball and get ready for the upcoming weekend. So we'll preview Indiana Purdue with Dylan. And then later in the show, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. He'll drop by. We'll talk some High school basketball, the girls' state tournament, a big weekend of boys' games, some recruiting notes uh, to mention as well from an IU perspective, and we'll do all that today with Kyle here in segment number three. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. A number of things to get to, but first let me remind you the Thornton's text line. It's always open. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. And right now at Thornton's, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda, when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member, simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards so you can earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. And let's get into some of the uh, headlines today. And going back to Coach Woodson's um, press conference yesterday, he had a number of interesting things and some updates on injuries, and we'll talk about all those here in just a second. But he did a little storytelling as well in advance of this IU-Purdue rivalry game. Somehow he got talking about his recruiting process when he was a player coming out of Indianapolis and that he was scheduled, believe it or not, to take a visit to Purdue. But after he met with Coach Knight, uh, that is where he canceled the Purdue visit and uh, decided that Indiana would be where he would play college basketball at. So he said, quote, I was recruited by Purdue and had a visit set to go to Purdue. I canceled it at the last minute based on my conversation with Coach Knight. I had already committed, hadn't been anywhere, so I was just going to take the trip. And uh, so kind of interesting. It sounds like a young Coach Woodson was just looking for a free trip. Of course, not near the whining and dining that was allowed or was done, I'm sure, back in those days. But uh, definitely uh, interesting to hear him talk about Purdue back in his day. Uh, And a lot of respect between the two coaches and the two programs, that's for sure. Also, a couple updates on injuries. I think we touched on this yesterday, but on Xavier Johnson, uh, kind of funny, he said, uh, asked if he was close to return. He said, quote, not really. 
He's been out there trying to shoot a little bit. He just got out of the, the boot. I mean, I just don't know. It's hard to say when he's actually going to be back. Coach, Coach Woodson continued on and said, quote, if you ask Xavier, he thinks he can play tomorrow. Listen, I've been around basketball a long time. That's impossible. The guy broke his foot. I'm not using that in a negative way. I wish he could play tomorrow, but I don't know. At this point, I'm just trying to deal with the guys that are in uniform. So Coach Woodson told us a lot yesterday about injuries and illnesses. He told us it was a broken foot for Xavier Johnson, which obviously is in line with everything that we've heard or know. And then obviously Xavier going to social media, I think at least a couple times now, indicating that he is ready to come back or flirting with the possibility that his return is imminent. And then to hear Coach Woodson's comments settles that a little bit. It sounds like there's a, a chance for a return. I'm guessing it's likely he comes back at some point this season. Whether he's ever 100% or not this season, I have no clue. But it definitely sounds like any kind of momentum that was building for him to return against Purdue or maybe even the coming week or so has been uh, squashed there by Coach Woodson in his press conference yesterday. Also, on Jordan Geronimo, he said he shot around a little bit recently. He's got a calf strain, and that's what's keeping him out. So um, that that makes sense. Geronimo has now missed two games after kind of having some interesting moments, some good moments there for Indiana in some recent games before that. And then Logan Duncombe, he said he's got a major sinus infection again. So that makes it sound like, I know Duncombe has been unavailable for games, has missed games, makes it sound like maybe Logan is having a reoccurring issue with a pretty severe sinus infection, according to Mike Woodson. So that's the latest on injuries and the health with this team that we know of here as of Friday, heading into the big game with Purdue over the weekend. But kind of interesting to hear him talk about some of that stuff and hear him share some personal things about his own recruiting as well. He also talked uh, a lot about defense and how he feels like uh, that, and this is, I think, common sense probably for him and definitely even fans at this point, but he said, quote, our defense has got to be our signature coming into that game. We're going to have to defend and rebound with this team. Uh, I think clearly if you ask most people what's the number one key in addition to Jackson Davis and Hood Shafino playing well, I think that You've got to see Indiana defend well, solid at least, and Indiana's got to hold their own within reason on the glass and specifically on the offensive glass. So just a couple notes on the IU-Purdue game. We'll have more coming up on that a little bit later in the show today. Also, last night, Jeffersonville, a Thursday night boys game. Uh, They cruised 56-27 and really did not even play that well. Uh, against Rock Creek on Thursday night. Jeff had an 11-3 lead at the end of the first period and built their lead to 24-9 at halftime, leading the way for Jeffersonville. Pretty balanced attack. Trey Singleton, though, he was the top scorer with 13 points. P.J. Douglas and Connor Lyons, they each added 10 points as well for uh, the Jeffersonville team. Providence has now won 10 in a row. They cruised over South Central Last night, and Providence had a 22-14 halftime lead and continue to build on that lead um, in the second half. Casey Kalen, 21 points to lead all scorers in that game last night. Noah Lovin had nine points, and that duo, I think, is going to be so important for Providence the rest of the way and into the tournament if they're going to be able to uh, win a sectional and get past a really good Brownstown team. Also last night, Henryville returned after trailing for a 52-45 win 
at Eastern Pekin. The uh, Hornets now 12-5, and and Christian Academy last night of New Albany, they got a game-high 27 points from Joshua Renfro. They won 66-31 over Shaw Memorial on Thursday night. Silver Creek, it was a busy night, almost like a Friday. It was a Friday night, in fact. Uh, Silver Creek defeated uh, the Salem Lions 72-40 on Thursday night. Uh, Hayden Garten, 22 points to lead Silver Creek, 14 from Jace Burton, and 12 from Caden Oliver, who normally is the leader for this team. Also, Hoosier Hills Conference games, a number of them last night. Bedford had no problems with Floyd Central, 58-39. Bedford now 11-5 on the season, 4-1 in conference play. They're at their they're up there at the top of the conference behind Jennings County, who I'll talk about here in just a moment. Also, North Harrison defeated Charlestown last night, 61-45. So a busy, busy night of uh, basketball. The boys' side of things, Jennings County, I got to see a bit of that game last night at the doghouse. New Albany kept it closer, really, than what it was. Uh, New Albany able to keep it. Oh, within 9, 10, 11 points, it did balloon a little more than that at times, but Jennings County wins 74-61 last night. The Panthers, 16-1, 4-0 in the Hoosier Hills Conference. Uh, they are the favorite to win the conference, obviously, and I think they are the favorite, uh, without question, to win the 4A sectional at Seymour. been a long time since Jennings County won a sectional, but they've got the shooters and the roster to get it done. Keegan Manowitz last night, he was really good for Jennings County. He had 22 points, a number of three-pointers uh, by Manowitz. Balance scoring for the Panthers, Justin Ramey had 14. Carter Kent had 10. Owen Law, 13. So four of their starters in double figures. New Albany was led by Jeremy Rose. He had 24 points and hit some shots late to keep New Albany even closer maybe than what the game was. Tommy Devine had 17 for New Albany. And again, Jennings County, they're the real deal. They can really shoot it. It's going to take some great defense. It's going to take a really off night as far as their shooting goes. Uh, for somebody to have an opportunity uh, to knock them off. That is for sure. One other boys game last night, Scottsburg, a 77-51 winner over Clarksville. And let's talk briefly about some girls games last night. New Albany's season ended up at Bedford in the 4A sectional. Seymour defeated the Bulldogs 51-34, the final score. And I thought this game would be closer. In fact, it was during the game. But Silver Creek, who trailed in the third period, Outscored Floyd Central 17-4 in the fourth period to win 57-41 over the Highlanders last night. So we, two of our locals, Floyd and New Albany, both saw their girls' basketball seasons come to an end on Thursday. Silver Creek alive. They move on to the next round of the tournament. And, of course, tonight, Jeffersonville, who drew the bye, they will take on a really strong Bedford-North Lawrence team on their home court tonight, they're up at BNL. So a really tough challenge for Coach Norman and the Lady Devils tonight. We'll see if we can get uh, any locals. Uh, Silver Creek could win maybe and get to the uh, to the championship game. They'd have to knock off Seymour this evening to do so, but we'll see how things look for the local sectional championship games after semifinals across the area tonight. That's a look at our headlines for this Friday edition of the program. Girls basketball takes the stage tonight, sectional semifinals across the state, and, of course, sectional championship games set for Saturday night as well. Send your questions and comments into the Thornton's text line, that number 502-414-1450. 
Again, 502-414-1450. As we go to break, Texter says, get Kyle Neddenrip's thoughts on last night's Lagodi orleans four-overtime game. Yes, I heard about that. I read about that. I heard it was an unbelievable game last night. Had a chance to see Orleans a little earlier in the season. They are 15-2 and two and at the top of 1A basketball right now and able to get past a solid Lagodi team, 62-58 uh, in four overtimes last night. That had to be a lot of fun and a late night on a Thursday night if you were a fan for sure. We'll head to a break. We're back with more. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. Welcome back here on this Friday program. The Thornton's text line always open during our show. The number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's get to Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Because, Dylan, there's this big game coming up. I think it's Saturday afternoon, and everybody's talking about it. Uh, I think maybe it's Indiana and Purdue. Have you heard anything about it? You got any prediction for us on it? Oh, yeah. Uh, it's been pretty quiet around Bloomington lately. Um, yeah, no, not at all. Uh, you can kind of already start to feel, uh, especially today, if you go out and about um, the, the kind of the vibe energy. A lot of people are coming into town, um, you know, hitting up all the classic spots. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's gonna be pretty alive here in Bloomington over the next couple of days. Um, so, you know, everyone's been looking forward to this game. Um, both teams are ranked. Um, I think it's first time Purdue's coming into Assembly Hall ranked number one. So, um, you know, the, the, this always draws a great crowd. But I think the kind of the stakes of this game, Purdue being number one, Indiana playing better as of late, um, is just going to create for a pretty incredible atmosphere tomorrow in Assembly Hall. And um, you hope IU is able to make the best of it and, and get a win here. Um, it's going to be a tough game, I think, though. Um, and, you know, I'm trying not to. Uh, keep the Maryland game in my head too much and just kind of how lackluster they played. Uh, it, was, it was a tough game to watch, but and Purdue's playing really well. And it, just, it, it seems like Purdue's done. I think they haven't lost a, a conference game on the road yet. They've, they've gone to some tough places like Michigan State um, and won. Uh, so, you know, they, they've had some, some nice wins here. And it's going to be a tough game. They don't seem like they get rattled a whole lot. Um, Indiana's fans are going to be on them for sure. But um, I'm really curious to see how this one plays out. Obviously, there's a whole bunch of matchups you know, we can get into and everyone wants to talk about. But I, I think uh, it's going to be a tough game. I'm sure it'll be close. I'd be shocked if if one team blows out the other. Um, although, you know, I guess I, I wouldn't be too shocked if, if something happens like that. But I think it'll be a great atmosphere, a great game. And uh, hopefully Indiana's able to ones that ever come out on top like they did last year at home. Because uh, it'd be a, a nice win to kind of get them um, back, on, back on board here and and give Purdue a loss and maybe make things a little bit tighter in the, the Big Ten standings and also just kind of help Indiana's positioning in general, even if they're not going to win the Big Ten, um, to kind of get you know one of those protect you know protected seats for the tournament um, would be a, a nice thing for them as well. So big, big game coming up here, and uh, you know 
the, they want to look too far ahead, but the one on Tuesday is just as big here. He's got a, a big two-game home stretch uh, coming up these next two games. Absolutely, and I, I, I hate to jump too far ahead, but let's talk about the Big Ten tournament real quick. I was looking at Big Ten standings yesterday, and the double buy that you get, one of those, I guess, protected seating in the tournament, that's a big deal. And this Indiana team, if they get a double buy situation and are healthy, I think they've got a fighting chance to win their first Big Ten championship. Now, obviously, we'll see how these two regular seating season meetings go with Purdue, but uh, getting that double buy is so important in the Big Ten tournament. It's definitely attainable for them. You know, I mean, I think six teams are six and five right now, um, which Indiana is one of them. And then you have uh, Illinois and Rutgers at seven and four. So, though, you know, you're you're right, kind of behind. You're right in the mix for second best team in the in the Big Ten right now, um, behind Purdue. And and you know, it's going to be tough to to catch Purdue. But you know, hey, if if Indiana beats them twice and somebody else can knock them off, it can make things tight. But um, that's going to be tough, but you, you still have a really, really good chance to, to finish in one of those top spots in the conference and not have to play till um, I think it's the Friday of the Big Ten tournament. Uh, I think it's in Chicago this year. So I can't remember the last time Indiana has, um, has been able to do that. I guess it was 2016 when they won the Big Ten, obviously. Um, but every other year it's been, you know, we've seen a couple Wednesdays uh, in the bottom four where they're one of the first four teams playing. Uh, we've seen uh, some Thursday games where they're like the nine seed um, so it's 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 been uh, it's been a while since Indiana's had a really nice position in the Big Ten tournament. You know, obviously last year they, they basically had to play their way into the NCAA tournament um, with their seeding. But you know, you only have to play you know two three games to to win a Big Ten final. It's, it's a whole lot different than what they did last year. You know, they had the emotional ride of the Illinois and Michigan game, and you know they they probably should have beaten Iowa to get to uh, Sunday last year. But you know they just everything just kind of ran out of gas. But if you know if you're a little bit more fresh. Um, going into the tournament, you have less games to play. You know, it's, it's a, it creates a nice path for you to potentially win the the conference tournament, which um, you know seems just wild because I know Indiana fans just they they don't feel ever feel confident in, in the conference tournament. But um, you know, I think last year was a good step, and you know, especially this year, if you get a one of those top seeds and get a bye, uh, that'll be really nice for for them, and you know, it can create a potential you know IU Purdue uh, Big Ten championship match on, on the Sunday too, so we could potentially see this, these two teams off three times this year so that'd always be fun and we almost got that last year too so um yeah it's it's that's, that's why this game is so big you know you don't want to fall to six and six um you don't want to fall behind um that pack that's all six and five right now and all kind of in the same boat you want to stay ahead of the game here and by doing that you need to protect home court and um that that starts on, on saturday and that continues on tuesday so uh big games for nana right now especially you know you want to beat your rival but it also is huge for for kind of your goals and, and where you want to be seating wise uh toward toward the end of march still in indiana number 21 for now purdue of course is the unanimous number one iu 11 and 5 against the boilers when both teams are ranked but the last time that happened when both teams were ranked was back in 2016, where ironically Indiana was ranked number 21 then and beat number 16 Purdue 77-73. So uh, it just adds a little bit more to the meeting when both are ranked and both having good seasons. Obviously Purdue having very consistent, outstanding season, but uh, this the ranking, the the good play building up to this, except for Maryland, at least portions of the Maryland game. It just all helps the build up and the fanfare for Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Um, 
you know, I was glad Indiana went on such a big streak, five-game winning streak, to get back into the top 25. Um, it just looks it just looks better, you know, on TV when they're building it up, when you see the, the numbers next to both teams' names. Um, unlike, you know, Duke, North Carolina, where both teams are unranked. Um, but, you know, that's still going to be the biggest game of the day to some people. But, you know, for a game like this in-state, both teams have that ranking next to their name. It's huge. And, you know, Purdue being number one um, just kind of gives – you know, every kind of more reason why any fans want to knock them off. You know, they don't want them to be the number one team anymore. Um, and, you know, obviously, if they need a win, it'll help keep them in the top 25. You know, if they need to drop both these games, I wouldn't be shocked if they're out of it uh, come Monday. So, you know, they'd keep them, they keep a number next to their name as well, which, you know, is whatever. But I think it's, you know, it's a cool thing, you know, to, to be recognized as one of those teams. So, uh, hopefully, they're able to, to kind of stay inside the top 25 for basically the whole rest of the year. Um, because I think... You know, when they're playing right, when they're playing at their best, they are one of the top 25 best teams in college basketball. So, uh, yeah, but it, it just adds a, a little bit more, um, you know, kind of excitement and, and attention to, to the game itself. And um, I think, you know, fans are really, really excited for this game. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be, you know, one of the best atmospheres in the last, man, I don't know, decade in Assembly Hall. I think it's going to be absolutely incredible. Um, and, and I... I won't be able to be there, but I, I'm excited to uh, to watch and, and hear and listen and just see everybody um, who's doing. It. And I, like I said, I mean, I think the the vibe in Bloomington is going to be uh, pretty pretty cool. Just you know, just out and about around town the next uh, you know 48 hours or so as well. So that's going to be great. And uh, you know, hopefully they're able to come up with a win. It's going to be a like I said, I think it's going to be really tough. And I think you know, it, it all depends on. You know, can Jalen Hutchinson kind of snap out of the slump that he he shot himself into at Maryland? You know, if he's back on his game and Indiana gets some more contributions from some role players, um, you know, they, they have a good shot to win. You know, they it can't just be Trace Jackson Davis doing everything. You're going to need your other guys to step up, which is what you didn't see at Maryland, and it's, it's what you need uh, tomorrow uh, afternoon at four o'clock. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest. There's so much hype around Trace and Edie. And for for big reasons, rightfully so. And you touched on this a little bit, but is there a player or a matchup or something you're watching specifically in the game that could push Indiana over the hump? I think defense has to be number one. That's a team thing. But when it comes to individuals, is there a matchup or a player that you kind of want to see what happens here? I think the biggest matchup is backcourt versus backcourt. Um, you know, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer versus Jalen Ojefino and, you know, either Tamar Bates or Trey Galloway, whichever one um, is going to step up. Uh, I think that's that's where the game is going to be won tomorrow. You know, I, I get it. You know, Trace and, and Zach Eady are both really awesome players. Two of the, they're, they're the two best players in the Big Ten. They're two of the best players in the country. Um, they're both playing the best basketball of their careers right now in this moment. And, um, you know, we really haven't seen them kind of one-on-one a whole lot. I mean, you know, last year in Assembly Hall, Trace was in foul trouble, only played 11 minutes. Um, and then, you know, the game at Mackey, Indiana played pretty well. Trace and X were, were doing really good things. But, you know, last year, you know, Trayvon Williams still got, you know, half the minutes for, for Purdue. So, but this is completely Edie's team now. He's playing a lot more minutes. And, you know, Trace is obviously doing everything for Indiana. So, you know, everyone's really intrigued by those two guys. And, you know, you hopefully, you know, they both just kind of cancel each other out. Um, but I think the backcourt's going to be, you know, just so crucial in this game tomorrow because those two freshmen at Purdue have been playing really well. They've been playing really steady. They haven't really been playing like freshmen, you know, with, with Smith and Lawyer, and they can really make shots. You know, Smith does a good job getting Purdue into their actions. Lawyer's a really good shooter. Um, and, you know, for Nina to, to compete, and they got Indiana's guards have to get up on them. Like you said, the defensive end needs to be really important. They need to get in their grill. They need to make them uncomfortable in Assembly Hall. 
um, you know, make them late and running their stuff because Purdue runs really good actions. And then, you know, like I said, Jalen Chicano, you know, if he comes out and plays like he did against Ohio State, um, you know, I'm going to feel pretty good about any of his chances to win. If he's playing like that and if you get one of Galloway or Bates to, to step up alongside with them, you know, if any of his backcourt cannot play Purdue's backcourt, I'm going to like their chances to win um, because I do think, you know, I think Purdue's a pretty good, solid defensive team, but, you know, I think Coach Chicano is, is – you know, way more talented than the Purdue's two guards. And if he can take advantage of that and um, really start to find his spots and get his shot going, same with the other guys. So I think Indiana's going to have a good shot. So that, that's kind of the big matchup that I'm looking at. Um, and like I said, I think you just hope Trace and E.D. basically cancel, cancel each other out, and then it comes down to who's going to step up. Um, Maryland, nobody else did. And um, Purdue's, Purdue's been able to have a really good sporting cast. You know, Mason Gillis on Wednesday made nine three-pointers uh, against Penn State. Uh, you, you know, you hope he got all that out of the system, but you know, I think that's that's one of the other things you mentioned is defense. You know, what do you do? You know, do you do you just let Zach Eady have thirty and twenty and stop the other guys, or do you just double him and, and hope the other guys miss? I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see how they they uh, they, uh, they go at it. But I think you know Indiana's role players need to outplay Purdue's, and, and that's going to be the key to victory tomorrow. Dylan, uh, Indiana announced modified uh, general mission student lineup they're going to let them go inside instead of waiting out in the frigid cold temperatures they'll be at the gladstein or gladstein field house which is east of assembly hall and behind wilkinson hall so a nice gesture from the university to keep the uh, kids the students i should say engaged and also probably a little bit safer and a little bit more comfortable Dylan, you went through this deal recently as a student. I know you were always busy doing some media obligations, even as a student in Bloomington. But what's this week like? What's this weekend like, maybe uh, from a student perspective on campus? Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, you know, the first couple of years when I wasn't covering the team, I, I was able to, to line up in line and then go to a lot of games. You know, I think there was only one game I can think of that they moved us into the uh, Gladstein Fieldhouse to, to kind of wait in line. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've waited outside in, in, the, in the cold plenty of times before game, hours before games. So, you know, it, it's really cool um, because it's just a big deal. Everyone wants to get there really early because everyone wants, you know, the, the best seats in, in the house. And, you know, GA obviously is, is you know, first come, first serve, essentially. So that's why you see students try to camp out the night before. They, you know, they, they get there, you know, six hours before the game and just wait. Um, and I think... I think, you know, Indiana announced they can start, uh, you know, going at, n- at 9 a.m., so usually it's five hours before the game is when they officially say you can do it, and I think they said tomorrow uh, students can start lining up at 9 a.m., and it's really cool that they're putting them inside because um, it, it's not fun to just wave out in the cold for a while, and so I think it'll be keep them, keep them a little warm and more energized so to bring the energy when they get into the building um, at around, what, 3 o'clock, or no, 2.30, I guess they let them in like an hour and a half beforehand, so um, it, it's a really fun experience to be a part of that, to be a part of the student section, you know, you're standing the whole game. Um, you're really into it. So um, it's a really big week for, for IU students because, you know, a lot of these students, um, you know, outside from last uh, last year's victory in Assembly Hall, you know, they haven't seen a whole lot of success against Purdue in the last couple of years. And, you know, the fre- you know, freshmen who are here, you know, they haven't really experienced it yet. So, you know, these, these games are, are ones that you always remember. You know, I've, I remember every single Purdue game I've been at. Um, you know, one of them was the bottom night game, obviously, of covering that one. But there's been a couple other ones. You know, the, a lot of them have been losses. The Matt Harms tip-in game in Assembly Hall. I mean, I remember all of them because the crowds that, that you, that, you know, Assembly Hall generates for that, the student energy, um, just, just every day, um, you know, you're always, and you just want to beat them so bad. And, um, you know, you want, you want kind of those bragging rights for, 
I guess the next time you play them, which is you know going to be Mackey Arena a little bit later this season. But uh, it's just a big deal to the students. It's a big deal to Bloomington in general, the IU fans in general. Um, and, and like you said, it adds a lot more when both teams are playing well because you know if Purdue's number one and Indiana's unranked and not having a good season, and, and you know you beat them. Purdue's like, all right, yeah, you got lucky, but you know we're we're going to go play in March and you aren't. But it just feels a bigger deal when both teams are playing well because um, it makes you feel like, hey, you know, whoever wins this game is going to be the be- is, is the better team, and it's not just a, an upset fluke. It's because both teams are really good right now, and uh, the better team's going to win. So uh, that, that just makes it a lot more fun um, for the fan bases, and um, you know, hopefully, they can, uh, can can take you know pull up their end of the bargain and then take care of business at home because you got to protect home court and um you know i'm excited i'll be curious you know this is just a random thought i've been having obviously last year they rushed the floor i'm curious how they were you know indiana's ranked 21 would the students do it i know Purdue's one and that's a pretty big deal i'd be curious to see if it come down to that and you know maybe it'll depend on if it's the last second shot like last year's was or not but i'm curious to kind of you know see the mindset um I, I know a lot of people will be like to act like you've been there before crowd so um, I think because Indiana beat them last year because they're ranked this year, you might not see that if Indiana wins. But I'm curious. It's something I'm, something I've been thinking about. But either way, students are going to be into it. They're going to be, you know, bring the energy, and I think the whole community will as well. So should be awesome. And um, I'm sure it's probably going to be, you know, one of the better games or best games of tomorrow. Tomorrow's a stack slate, and I think Indiana Purdue might be the best game of them all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Dylan got a text to get to from a longtime listener, Bob. He says, I don't see any reason why TJD and Edie couldn't be co-MVPs. I don't know how often or has that ever happened. I'd have to look that up to see. I don't know if that's ever happened. And I, and I wouldn't, I, I don't know. I feel like, I think that, you know, you can make arguments for both players right now. Um, and I think both of them are playing like a Big Ten Player of the Year candidate. Um, I think, you know, the success Purdue has had only having one loss and, you know, some of the crazy numbers Edie's been putting up. Probably puts him, you know, in, in the lead for it. Um, but, you know, I, I think Trace has, has done just as much for his team, and I think they both do a little bit different things. I think Trace is a little more versatile, more athletic, um, stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a co-player of the year in the conference. I'm trying to look it up right now. I haven't seen anything that pops up uh, initially. But, you know, I, I, I doubt they'll name him co. Um, and even though they're both going to be really deserving, They'll both be first team all Big Ten without a doubt. Um, you know, you, you know, this is the you know if you might want to make the argument for Trace, it starts tomorrow, and it, it and it also starts. You know, if he's able to to beat Edie, um, and they're able to beat him in Mackey again, then he is able to kind of close the gap in Purdue a little bit. You know, even if they don't win the Big Ten, even if there's like a game behind them, but they beat him twice, and Trace was off in both games. Um, you know, I think that that could be a strong case for him to potentially win it. So. You know, he's got he's got, a, he's got a, a chance to to potentially you know make a statement here against E uh, tomorrow and and the, the next game at Mackey. So that would be a good chance for him. But I think it's Edie's to lose right now, which, which is rightfully so. You know they're having a great year and he's he's you know been been pretty incredible. But um, I think they're both deserving. They're both going to be all Big Ten. They're both going to be you know all all American. Uh, you'd presume. So uh, yeah, let's, let's let's just enjoy it while we have it. Uh, it should be a, a fun matchup between those two guys tomorrow and. I'm really curious to see how Trace does, just because, you know, he struggled, you know, with the Kofi Coburns of the world, with the guys that are a little bit bigger than he is. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see, you know, how he's able to, to play against Edie uh, tomorrow. And, you know, I think we all, everyone's kind of become aware of how Edie doesn't really foul a whole lot. Uh, you know, so that's going to be an interesting part of it, too. So uh, it's going to be really curious to see how that plays out between those two guys and, and kind of how they play, match up against each other tomorrow. 
All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He joins us Friday. Dylan, real quick, I got a chance to see Jennings County for a bit last night. They're the sectional favorite. They're the real deal. Boy, they can shoot the basketball. They are really incredible. I mean, I saw them play Brownstown, um, and obviously, you know, Jack Benner's a really good player on, on Brownstown. But, man, Jennings County, those guards they have, they're so quick. They're, they can able to break a defense down, and they got five shooters on the floor that it seems like they all they, they don't miss. Um, you know, they that that's that was one of the more impressive things when they go on those runs. You know, they have a great kind of fan base that, that comes out to games too, so it makes it a little bit more fun when they get going. Um, they're a lot of fun to watch, um, and I think you know they got a really really good chance here to do something special, and uh, it, it's been fun to follow them. You know, that's those guards and, and the way they play and the way they can shoot the ball. Um, it, it's pretty fun to watch, and I think. I think you're right. They probably are a sectional favorite, and um, you know they're they're primed to have a pretty good season, and they're still pretty young too, which is the crazy part. You know they're they still got a lot of guys who will be coming back, so um, they're they're going to be a lot to deal with the next couple of years as well. Dylan, I'm going to make this prediction as we go to break. Trey Galloway going to have a big game tomorrow. I don't know why I'm saying that. I just feel it. So we'll see how it plays out, but. That's going to need prediction. It. He might be the X factor in the game if Indiana's going to win it. So, all right, Dylan, thanks. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too. Thank you. We'll head to a commercial break. Back with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. A little high school basketball talk. Girls State Tournament sectional semifinals tonight across the state. We'll chat that, recruiting, and more. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. Thornton's text line is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. I uh, want to start at the with text line. I had a texter earlier in the show, Kyle, right out of the gate that wanted me to ask your thoughts on the big four-overtime game last night between Orleans and Lagodi. It's not in our immediate coverage area, but boy, Orleans has had a good season, and Lagodi is always a good small school program here in southern Indiana. That had to be a classic last night. It was fun. I uh, went down there to see a, a good game, and I oh, got more than my money's worth. I was okay, there. I, I was there. there. That's great. I was in the building, and uh, yeah, I wanted to write something on Orleans and Coach Don Bradley, and I haven't done it yet. I haven't written anything yet, but uh, I was able to sit down and talk with him after the game last night, and you know, and it's all a really good game. Orleans is, is uh, you know, very balanced. They got, you know, guys in you know, pretty much each class, you know, at least senior through sophomore who contribute, and they're going to be really good next year as well. But, uh, but yeah, they pulled it out. I got Peyton Bledsoe from uh, Ligoti. Uh, he's really tough. He's just coming back from injury. But, you know, I think he ended up with 23, and he ended up fouling out. I think it was in the third overtime, but. Uh, just a just a great battle, um, you know. Went on and on. <laughs> I thought it might go even another one, but uh, Orleans uh, hit some couple free throws there with about ten seconds left, and and um, they were able to uh, to close it out from there. But uh, you know, those teams, 
you know, obviously know each other really well. They could see each other again, you know, in the sectional. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of uh, you know, familiarity, you know, even more than usual because they just played a four-overtime game. But I can't remember the last time. I think the last time I'd seen a four-overtime game was Pike and Southport in the Marion County probably six, seven years ago or something like that. But it's been a while since I've seen a game go that long. Kyle Nedenrip, the Indianapolis Star, with us. Kyle, we go from a really good moment last night, the Lagodi Orleans four-overtime thriller, to a fight at South Bend, Washington last night, a game between South Bend, Washington and South Bend, Riley High Schools. It was a boys' game last night, and it happened during halftime. The game had to be called and is postponed. And I've mentioned a couple crazy instances, none in Indiana, but one was in Cincinnati, one in Virginia, just a couple things recently that are crazy when it comes to high school sports and high school basketball. This is the first here recently in our state that kind of makes you cringe a little bit. This is the stuff that you hope stays away, and I don't have all the details. I did see the video. I read Coach Varga from South Bend, Washington, read his statement on things that he put on social media a little earlier this morning. But just the kind of stuff that you want to stay away from our game as we try to protect it and make sure that high school basketball in our state continues to matter and survives in a changing world out there, this is a negative for sure. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate for sure, like you said. And I, I saw that last night, you know, as I got home or even maybe before I even left, uh, that that had happened last night. I know Coach Painter uh, was actually there uh, watching Stephen Reynolds, the uh, freshman for South Bend, Washington. So I think it's a couple times he's been there already to see him play. But, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, you see kind of what happened. And I've heard, you know, I think uh, uh, the Washington coach posted this, but apparently it was kids who aren't even part of either school necessarily. Or, you know, I think he, he, he can read his, I retweeted his uh, statement there. But, uh, you know, it looked like something just kind of spilled out onto the court. I, I believe it was halftime. The teams weren't even out there. But, uh, but yeah, just uh, it makes you cringe when you see it. Uh, kind of like you said, I mean, you don't, you don't expect that to happen when you go to a high school basketball game, and, and uh, you hope it never does. You know, and occasionally we see things that happen that, that are unfortunate. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think I've been to a game that's been, you know, something like that necessarily. It always scares you, you know, a little bit when stuff breaks out or there's a, maybe a skirmish or something that happens on the court or whatever. I haven't seen something that's kind of gone on. It seemed like that just went on and on for a while. Um, it wasn't, you know, again, it wasn't like a, you know, a, a beat down or anything like that, but it's certainly you know, a brawl or a, whatever word you want to place on it. Um, you know, it turned out to be a really kind of ugly thing when you have to postpone a game or just call a game off at halftime. That's not what anybody wants to see. And you know, I've heard you know I've heard co- coaches and, and officials say maybe we just need to kick the fans out. You know, in that case, maybe you just kick the fans out and you know continue the game if possible. But uh, but yeah, it's just you hate to see it. You just never want to have something like that happen. And you know, I guess it's one of those things where you you, you kind of hope hope somebody learns something from it. But you kind of wonder if the people involved learn anything. You know, probably not. Maybe they just you know are banned uh, from ever going. And hopefully, uh, those those people are kept out of the games entirely from from here forward. Kyle Dedenrip, the Indianapolis Star, with us. Kyle, girls sectional tournament action continues tonight been a lot of fun to see this tournament get underway, and it tells you we're entering a really good time of year here in basketball-crazed Indiana. But big matchups tonight, and any early thoughts in the girls' state tournament statewide? 
Yeah, I, I was out uh, covered the one at Shelbyville the other night. Unfortunately, unfortunately uh, Josie Trable, who's probably an Indian All-Star uh, from uh, East Central, got hurt. They got beat by Columbus East. And uh, uh, Sage Stahl from Columbus East, a really good player as well. She's going to Indiana State. So I was looking forward to seeing those two players who were, you know, like I said, two of the best seniors in the state go head-to-head, and they did. And, and that injury didn't happen to Trable till early in the fourth quarter, but still, she was carried off the court. I uh, hurt her ankle uh, pretty bad, and just an uh, unfortunate situation there, too. But, but, yeah, I think it's, you know, the the Noblesville sectional, obviously, you got four teams who are really, really good, and, uh, you know, probably going to be a real battle up there tonight in those semifinal games. I'm actually going up to, uh, to Lebanon tonight uh, for that girls' sectional. Uh, I think probably, you know, we talked about South Bend, Washington, you know, you talk about their girls' team is, is, you know, they're the 3A champion last year, now playing in 4A, and, you know, they may be the, the, the favorite, they are the favorite, to uh, win state in 4A, so, you know, kind of that's kind of the big storyline, I think, is to see how they how they fare. I think they'll be fine in their sectional, and, and then who they ultimately end up maybe playing that comes out of that, uh, that Noblesville sectional, uh, which, uh, like I said, you got Noblesville, Fishers, HSC, and Zionsville. You know, I think they're two through five in the state rankings. So, all four of those teams playing tonight. So, yeah, I mean, that, I think that's probably the storyline in four A, and then you know, kind of seeing how the the Miss Basketball uh, race shakes out too, uh, with what happens this, the rest of this weekend. Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star, Kyle, as we wrap up uh you you have an iu purdue thought or prediction you want to share with the listeners today no i'm hoping to watch some of that i've got a boys game i'm watching the uh, heritage christian university in the afternoon and i've got a girls sectional championship tomorrow so hopefully in between i can catch some of that but uh yeah i don't know i, I think i'd be you know you, you kind of be picking against the green probably to go against purdue but you know in that game you know who, who knows i mean it's it's uh, the way i use them up and down and and everywhere, um, you know, you you, you kind of wonder maybe they'll come out and win that game, and I would not be surprised by that either. But uh, you know, Trace against Edie, that's going to be fun, and seeing how those young guys for uh, for Purdue, I just you know, for me, I at this point in my life, I kind of just follow the players more than the the teams necessarily, wherever they end up going, the, the guys that I cover. Uh, so been fun to see how Lawyer and Braden Smith saw Braden Smith a couple weeks ago at the Westfield game and. Obviously, having a great uh, season for that Purdue team, but uh, but yeah, I, I I would pick probably pick Purdue, obviously. But uh, again, I think it'll be obviously highly emotional and and uh, you know a lot on the line, obviously. And and uh, yeah, I'd probably pick Purdue in a close one. But I, again, I think that could go either way, and should be a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely, Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star. He joins us Fridays. Enjoy a, a great weekend. It sounds like there's going to be chock full of basketball for you. And we'll talk next Friday. All right. Sounds good, man. Have a good weekend. All right. Kyle Dedrip with us Fridays here on the program. We talk a lot of high school basketball, recruiting, and more when he's with us. And great time of year to have Kyle with us because we've got girls tournament underway. And that's going to continue here over the next three or so weeks. And, of course, the boys tournament uh, is coming up very soon. We're in that final stretch of the regular season Uh, Hard to believe things will be winding down here very, very soon. Have a great weekend. Don't forget IU-Purdue on tomorrow at 4 o'clock. The tip-off, Don Fisher has pregame coverage with the crew beginning at 3 o'clock here on the Big X, and I'll be back with you Monday. We'll recap uh, the IU-Purdue game. We'll 
all about high school hoops this weekend and just a lot of stuff coming up. It's a busy time of year, a time where you sure don't have to struggle to find uh, things to talk about of interest here on this program. Have a great weekend. Stay warm. I think it's supposed to improve as the weekend goes on. And I'll talk with you Monday here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Mm-hmm.